This is Eighth Day Encouragement, a recap of the Sunday service, offering hope and faith from the Church of the Holy Trinity, Manhattan. You can find us online at holytrinity-nyc.org. Today's first scripture reading comes from the wisdom of Solomon. God did not make death, it says, and he does not delight in the death of the living. For God created all things so that they might exist. The generative forces of the world are wholesome. God created us for incorruption and made us in the image of his own eternity. I love those life-affirming words. I'm surprised they're not used more at funerals, but I think I'm going to make a note that I'd like them used at my funeral, though I do hope that's a long, long time from now. I love these words of Solomon, especially today, um, these days, as we move through this stage of the pandemic with the faith that is in us. More than ever, I think it's our role as people of faith to affirm life. Even in the face of death, even at the height of the pandemic, when the overflow morgue tents were outside our hospitals, even when people we love die, even when there are disasters like the building collapse in Miami, as people of faith, we acknowledge the death and the pain, but we proclaim life. In New York City on this last Sunday in June, and during the month of June all over the world, lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, and queer people celebrate life, even in the face of incredible obstacles things like oppression and misunderstanding and family rejection and prejudice and danger. In parts of our country, we can be critical of LGBTQ expressions sometimes as over the top or perhaps having run their course. But in other parts, they've still got a ways to go. And we should also take stock of our world. Currently, there are 71 jurisdictions around the world where homosexuality is a criminal offense. In fact, in 11 countries, homosexuality can receive the death penalty. So if you're looking to me to lead a a tour of the rock churches in Lalibela, Ethiopia, don't ask me to do it anytime soon. The offense for homosexuality is a year in prison, whether you make it out alive or not. Thank God the Episcopal Church is among those communities of faith who affirm life and stand in solidarity with all of God's children. In today's gospel, we read about two characters who who move towards the abundant life that comes from God through Christ. They, They move to Christ with healing. They move to Christ for new life itself. Jairus is the leader of a synagogue, and he's reduced to his knees like a beggar. Even though he's an important man, he's a pillar in his community, he's willing to do anything for some chance of healing or new life for his daughter. Jesus hears about the problem, and Jesus begins to make his way to Jairus' village. But along the way, there's a huge crowd that surrounds Jesus. Well, probably everyone in the crowd had his or her own prayer, hoping Jesus might answer it. One woman in particular reaches through the crowd and places her hand on Jesus' robe. It's her desperation, which is a kind of faith that makes her do it. She's tried everything. She's gone to doctors, this one and that one, and there's no help. And so she pushes forward. She reaches out. She practically lunges at Jesus 
in what is her final prayer for help. But Jesus answers that prayer. God answers it with healing and wholeness. She is restored to life. This story is an inserted story in the other story of Jairus. And so back to the main storyline, Jesus goes to the house of Jairus. He sees the little girl. He heals her. And somehow, someway, through the mystery of God's love and movement, she gets up. She's made whole again, and she's restored to life. These scriptures leave us with miracle stories, stories more wonderful, so much better than belief, really, that we may be tempted to leave them in the land of storytelling. We're perhaps tempted to leave them with happy endings in the realm of the make-believe. And while the scriptures today don't explain everything, they don't give a simple recipe for miracles, they do nonetheless point us in the direction of God's healing movement. From the stories of Jairus' daughter and the woman in the crowd, we can see that for there to be healing, often at least two other conditions are present. The first is that there's an openness to God, a reaching out towards God. We could call it faith. And the second is what could be described as a reaching toward God with others. It's community or some form of community. Faith is the first, but it doesn't mean that that healing is granted in accordance with the degree or the proportion of our faith. Jesus says just the opposite. A little bit of faith can make one well. It happens when one is brought into community by prayer or by intention. As we pass on our faith, as we move together in a community of faith, we share that faith one with the other, and we form community one by one, sometimes virtual community, sometimes prayer community, sometimes physical community. Often the church speaks of apostolic succession as an important transmission of faith from age to age. But for miracles to happen, it's not the faith of bishops that's passed down from one to the other, but it's the faith of people, person to person, faithful community to faithful community, that passes on the hope and the strength and the power of God's healing. And so we pass it on still in our day. We pass it on when and where we can. Anne Weems is a poet who writes about our relationship with one another, that relationship that can help promote healing. She writes, I see your pain and want to banish it with the wave of a star, but have no star. I see your tears and want to dry them with the hem of an angel's gown, but have no angel. I see your heart fallen to the ground and want to return it wrapped in cloths woven of rainbow, but have no rainbow. God is the one who has stars and angels and rainbows, and I am the one God sends to sit beside you until the stars come out and the angels dry your tears and your heart is back in place, rainbow-blessed. We just don't know when and where God's healing may come, and we don't know when God may need us to be agents of that healing. But we can learn from the scriptures today that like Jairus and the woman who touched Jesus, if we reach for God, and if we reach for God with one another, 
then the conditions are in place and God's healing may come. On Wednesdays, when the church prays especially for healing, we use words from the prayer book that pray, May the Almighty Lord be now and evermore our defense and make us know and feel that the only name under heaven given for health and salvation is the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. On Sunday, June 27th, Abigail Rayford from our choir sang Simple Song from Leonard Bernstein's Mass.
You've been listening to Eighth Day Encouragement. The eighth day is a Monday after the seven days of the week, but the eighth day also stands as a new creation outside the pattern of the usual seven. And so the eighth day symbolizes resurrection, hope, and the possibilities for new life. I'm John Bedingfield, the priest and rector at the Church of the Holy Trinity, Manhattan. I hope you'll come and visit us in person one day, but you can also worship with us through Facebook Live, follow us on YouTube, and learn more at holytrinity-nyc.org. God bless you this week and always.